0: Well, good morning. It's always good to be together, especially as we come to this time of the year where so many of us have either gone on trips or some of us are still uh, on trips. And yet we have these times where we are able to gather together to reaffirm as a church family the things that we believe and hold most dear. Uh, And we started a message series last week where we're focusing on those powerful and poetic words from the Apostle Paul or he's talking about the things that, that he believes we should hold most dear when in 1 Corinthians 13 he writes, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so last week we focused our hearts and our minds on reflecting. What does it mean for us to be people who live lives of, of faith, Lives where we trust in our relationship with God, even when things aren't going the way we want them to go. Even when we are facing all kinds of different fears. We, we don't believe that our faith magically takes away all of those fears, but our faith, rather, in God, helps us to face those fears. To keep going. To believe that, that God is with us, no matter what is happening to us. And we're going to continue this morning... This time focusing in a way that's very much connected to that. What does it mean to be people who live lives of hope? Now, as we almost always do with our most meaningful words, we tend to toss around the word hope in all kinds of different ways. And sometimes it's, it's honestly in, in careless ways. We say things like, we hope that we're not going to run into traffic because we're running a few minutes behind, or we hope that we're not going to have to wait to have a meal at our favorite restaurant, or we hope that our team wins the game, or we we hope that we're going to find a good deal on a washing machine, or "Or we hope that we're going to sing our favorite song in worship, or we hope that the sermon doesn't go on too long. Amen? Okay? When we use the word hope that way, we're we're diminishing it, right? We're, we're tossing it around too carelessly because while it would be really nice if you never had to face traffic again or, or really convenient if you didn't have to wait at, at a restaurant again, right? Or, or if it, it would be fun, right? Let's say theoretically if your team won last night, 17 to 9, <laughs> it would be great. But none of those things is is what the word hope is for. Right? And, And every time we use it that way, every time we use the word hope to talk about small things that we wish will happen, we run the very real risk of making the concept of hope, the idea of hope, just too small to actually help us with the really big things that you and I have to face. Hoping isn't the same thing as wishing. Hoping isn't the same thing as wanting. Hope is something more real, more substantial than a wish, right? And it's more patient than a want. Hoping is longing for something better, and not just for me, but for every single one of us. If you're a note taker, I want you to write down this definition of hope. Hope is the soul deep ache That we carry around inside of us for a time and a place where everything is good and everyone belongs, where everyone lives in peace and we're all at peace. Okay, now that definition of hope, for me at least, that's a lot more substantial, right? It's got a size and a scope to it that's not just about my personal or private wishes or wants. It's, It's not just about me at all, it's about all of us. It's about It's about everyone and what they're going through and all the ways that we know that our world is broken and needs to be redeemed. Another way to to think about hope that's a little more direct than that is that hope then isn't just a desire for a better life. Hope in all of its fullness is the desire for a better world. And if we're honest, we, we all share, I think, that kind of hope. Really, whether you're a person of faith or not, you have this longing for a better world where everybody gets a shot at a better life. And yet, we, we struggle at times, whether we're people of faith or not, to keep holding on to that hope. In an attempt to avoid having our deepest dreams come shattering around us at our feet, we, we, try, to, we try to protect ourselves by lowering our expectations, right? We, we, we try to shield our hearts with what we would say are, are practical expectations. We run the numbers. We look at the odds. We do the research. We strategize. We try to figure it all out on our own. And then would we feel, figure out what we think is going to most likely happen, that's what we tell one another or that's what we tell ourselves. That, that's, that's what we can expect. That's how things are going to unfold. I think we even tell ourselves that this is a part of growing up, right? Is getting to the place where we, we stop thinking that the world really can become the place that, that in our hearts we long for it to be, that, that we think growing up is giving up. And so for many of us, much of the time when, when someone we care about gets really hurt or really sick, we Google it, right? And we, we try to figure out what are all the, the case studies and, and how do things go normally and, and what can we come to expect? And and we do that instead of taking our very real fears and bringing them to our, our very good God and asking for him to do something that only he can do when someone we care about gets really hurt or really sick. or Or maybe we find out, that, that we're probably going to be losing our job. And, and immediately we start trying to figure out on our own what, what we're going to do and where we're going to try to land on our feet instead of stopping in that moment and in our anxiety and, and speaking to God about what's happening in our lives and inviting him to open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see where, where is it that he's trying to lead us, where is it that he wants us to go next. Maybe we lie awake at night, some of us worried about the state of our marriage. And I've talked to to people, and again, it doesn't matter whether you're a person of faith or not. I've talked to people who've gone to church their whole lives and they run into marital trouble. And and really what they're mainly doing is trying to strategize, anticipating what they think is most likely to happen between them and their spouse. And and trying to, to figure out how they're going to adjust to that reality instead of time and again coming back to God and begging for God to create a new heart within them, a right spirit within them and their spouse. In our attempt then to be mature and realistic about all kinds of different situations and how we can manage them through our own our own giftedness, or our own research, or our own efforts, we end up saying things like, well, I'll be hoping for the best, but I'm preparing for the worst. And I'm telling you, I know that we struggle with this because I struggle with this. right? My, my wife, I think if you asked her whether I was there or not, what kind of outlook I have on, on the world, she would say that I'm a pessimist. right? And I would argue that I'm a realist. But, brothers and sisters, God doesn't call us to be realists. He doesn't. He he doesn't call us to to figure out what most likely will happen and and run the odds and and trust in the numbers and then do our best to figure it all out. Now, as, as God's people, we are called to be people who are brave enough no matter what, no matter what those odds are or the numbers are, to choose hope over hopelessness to choose hope over despair in a world that is that is falling apart because of despair in a world that's dying for lack of hope in Isaiah chapter 40 uh, we we find words that remind us of just how powerful and important hope in the Lord really is and as we we find these words this morning, just a little bit of background to help us understand them. God's people have been going through all kinds of suffering. Much of it they brought on themselves, but but much of it they feel like is, is punishment that maybe goes beyond what they deserve. And things have gotten so difficult and so dark that they are convinced that nothing good is ever going to happen for them or to them ever again. And so even as people of faith, they've come to a place where they cannot see a hopeful future. They can't see a way forward. And so God, through Isaiah, reminds them of the truth that no matter how dark or difficult the situation seems to be, God is more powerful than anything we're having to go through. And so if, if you've got a Bible, open up to Isaiah chapter 40. We'll start reading together in verse 28. And these are, for, for some of us, going to be familiar words. For others of us, it'll be the first time we've heard them. But I want you, regardless of how many times you've heard them, to truly listen to them this morning. Isaiah says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. His understanding no one can understand, right? He gives strength to the weary, And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Aren't those words beautiful? And they're they're more than beautiful, they're powerful. And aren't they exactly what many of us in this room need to hear this morning? And even if they're not words that you desperately need to hear this morning, aren't these words that we all need to hear at one time or another in our lives? What Isaiah says in these verses is something that we need spoken to us over and over again until we know them by heart, not not just some abstract theory of how God might possibly work, but personally, we know from experience that this is who our God is. And so I want you to listen to those words again. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Can we say those words together? Let's say them together. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They're good words. But they're more than good words. They're necessary words. They're words you and I need as much as we need air and water and food. But the problem is, we can't pretend that when we hear these kinds of powerful, poetic and necessary words, that they immediately make everything better, that, that they somehow instantly take us out of all of our challenging situations, because that's not how words work. We've got to be honest. About where we are in this room this morning. Because for some of us in this room, the sharp pain of losing someone we love as much as life itself is still there. It's still an open wound. For some of us in this room, our health isn't what it used to be. We don't even remember what it feels like to feel normal. right? Maybe we're in pain every single day and we've gone to all kinds of doctors and there's just no clear answers. And yet we're here this morning. And it feels like our our bodies, if we're honest, have turned against us for some of us in this room our our family relationships just they're excruciating right now that something's going on in our in our home life where we we just don't we don't know how to fix it for some of us in this room that the busyness the the distractedness the the pressure of of our daily lives is just it feels like it's overwhelming us and and we're not sure how how much longer we can keep going at the speed we've been redlining so long we don't know how to catch our spiritual breath for some of us in this room the, the cold hard reality is we're deeply disappointed because we we haven't experienced God the way we hoped we would when we first committed our lives to following Christ for some of us in this room, we care about all of those kinds of people, right? People who are in grief and people who are struggling with their health and in their family and with anxiety and, and with disappointment with God. And we have tried over and over and we don't, we don't know what to do and it's killing us. And as good as Isaiah's words are to us this morning, the truth is these words, they they just don't work like some kind of quick fix gimmick. They don't promise us a magical instant transformation of of all the difficult situations you and I find ourselves in. They they don't promise us a foolproof formula for victory. They don't give us a surefire strategy for success. In fact, these words, if you look at them carefully, they don't promise us anything at all. They promise us someone, a sacred someone, who changes who we are and the strength we have to keep going. It seems to me that one of the easiest and most frequent mistakes that God's people have made throughout the years, a mistake God's people have often made without even realizing it, is placing their hope in something other than God. So they find themselves placing their hope in being a descendant of Abraham, right? of, of belonging to the right heritage and receiving the right law and worshiping in the right temple. They, they place their hope in the identity markers that distinguish them as insiders as opposed to outsiders. They place their hope in prayer in baptism, in the Lord's Supper. They place their hope in the Bible and in their reading of the Bible and getting the Bible right. They place their hope in worship and rightly ordered worship and enthusiastic worship or or thoughtful worship. And the list goes on and on. And all of these things that I just talked about, they're all good things. They're all blessings from God. They're all gifts from God. But none of those things are God. None of those things. Only God is worthy of our ultimate hope. Not the odds or the numbers. Not our skills or our talents. Only God. So, if you're in this room this morning and the sting of death is still shattering your soul, don't deny that truth. Don't hide it from us. Tell somebody. Face it, but please don't give up. Put your hope in the Lord. If you're here this morning and your health is is failing you and, and you don't know what to try next and you're so tired of doctor's appointments and you're tired of hurting, don't run away from that truth. Don't deny it. Find somebody you trust Find somebody in this church family and talk about how hard it is to live every day struggling with your health the way you do. But please, I'm begging you, don't give up. Put your hope in the Lord. If your family, if, if, your, if your relationships with the people that you share life with the most, if it's, if it's in trouble, if it's in danger, if, if your marriage is starting... To, to fray at the edges and you think you, you can just read a book on your own and fix it and, and try to just muscle through w- without any sort of, of reliance on God. I'm telling you, I understand it. I know it's hard to admit it to somebody that there's a difficulty in your home. But please, find somebody. Don't give up and put your hope in the Lord. If you, like so many people in our world... Every waking moment are filled with a sense of dread and anxiety because of just how much pressure is in your daily life because of all the things you've got to get done and all the things that are on your to-do list and all the places you've got to run from one place to another on any given day and it just all feels like too much. Face that truth. Admit it. Find somebody you trust and tell them, please, but don't, don't give up. Put your hope in the Lord. If, if in the most difficult way, God has disappointed you because of something that's happened, because of, of the fact that he feels distant from you, or, or he feels silent to you, that you you want to have a closeness with him that maybe you've, you've never felt or, or maybe even more difficult than that. You've felt closer to God before and now you can't find your way back to God. Face that truth and tell somebody. I promise you, you're not alone, but please don't give up. And even when you're not sure there is a Lord, I'm asking you to try your hardest to put your trust in the Lord. And if you find yourself like me so often, unintentionally, accidentally relying on the gifts of God more than on God himself, stop. We're not in a relationship with God because of what else he can give us in addition to himself. We're in a relationship with God because we believe God and God alone is enough. Put your hope in the Lord. Because even youths grow tired and weary, and young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord and not in themselves or in anything else, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar, and they'll run, and they'll walk. And they will never give up. Brothers and sisters, I'm convinced that, that when we're at our best, the church isn't just practicing hope. It's not just something that we're trying to do. We actually, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we become people of hope. We become living, breathing proof that a better world really is possible beyond this one that we're currently trying to live in. And not just for us, but for everyone. And and the truth that we have to keep holding on to in the midst of, of all of this longing that we have for a world that we've never seen, but a world we want to believe through God's power and presence is possible. What we have to keep holding on to is the fact that there's not a single person in this room and not even if all of us work together can we on our own usher that new world into existence. We can't do it. We put our hope in the Lord and we stay on the lookout. We keep our eyes open. We keep our hearts open. We keep our lives open. And when we find God... And his resurrection hope, his Easter hope breaking in to our world that's marked by difficulty and disappointment and decay and death itself. We find that the God who has called us into existence, who gave us one and only son because of how much he loves us, that God has never given up on us or this world that he loves. He's here. We have to find strength and the perseverance through him to see it, to bear witness to it, and to become a part of it. We don't have the power on our own to fix all the things that we struggle with, to fix all the things that are wrong with us inside and all the things that are going wrong in the world around us, but our God absolutely has that kind of power, that healing power that we need more than anything else. and. And when we find ways to receive that healing power, when we allow God to not only rescue us, but in rescuing us to reshape us into the image of Jesus, we don't just have hope, we bring hope. We, We become hope bearers. God turns us into living, breathing rays of hope in a world that's filled with the darkness of despair in just about every place you look. And my prayers is that you and I, that we can become men and women and students and children who, who are hope bearers, who bring hope with us when we walk into a room. And not because of, of anything that you and I figure out how to do, but because of what God has done and is doing in us and for us and through us. You know, when I think about the kinds of people in our church family who are hope bearers, I think about Suge Springer. Who every Sunday morning that that I I see her here, she sees me running around right before church trying to worry about all the things that I know as a realist are going to go wrong during the service. (laughs) And she always smiles at me and says, boy, you're in a hurry. And then she puts her hands out to hug me. And she hugs me back to hope. I, I think about the Arduino's. And how hard they work as a family to help God bring in that better world that so many of us have given up on. And and so many times hope takes the form of of just simple tasks of service where we, we believe that yeah, we can't fix every single problem that's in our society, but we can feed hungry children in our fellowship hall for the three-week gap where they have nowhere else to go and find food, and they get to know that this church family cares about them and loves them. And if you don't believe that hope can take place in a simple meal at lunchtime, you need to come by this week and see it for yourself. And you may not have had a lot of chance to spend time with Ronnie Crumpler, He's one of, our, one of our, our senior saints here at Southern Hills. He's not here this morning because he's recovering uh, from surgery and he's with his family in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But Ronnie, every time I talk to him, finds ways to encourage me. And not just about me, but he, he always has things about our church family that he sees that bring a smile to his face. He has so much hope. He's invited me to go fishing with him. And that's strong hope. Because not only am I bad at it, but I complain while I'm waiting. <laughs> be that kind of person. Right? You can. In spite of all the, the, the things that, that give us real reason to be realists or pessimists or whatever word we want to use. God doesn't call us to that place. And while we may have to journey through those feelings and those thoughts, we're not supposed to make our home in the valley of the shadow of death. We choose to follow our Lord and Savior to the mountain again. To see again the goodness that is in our world because God is in our world and all the goodness that is yet to come. Brothers and sisters, there is only one place that deserves our ultimate hope and it is God put your hope in the Lord. We're gonna to sing together now and as we do, our shepherds and their, their wives will be in various places throughout this church lobby all around this room. So you can leave any one of these doors and, and run into one of those couples. They wanna pray with you. They wanna be community for you. So if you came at all with any concerns or anything that you'd like to pray about, if you'd like to learn more about what it means to make a commitment to following Jesus, whatever it is, please go to those couples as together we stand and sing.